won't say, and Carol said, let there be darkness. We won't bind you to that one. Um, If you would, turn to John chapter 15. And in your bulletin, if you have one, you'll find an outline there also that you can make use of. Now, I'm going to work through the passage so we won't stand and um, read through it at one time. But please keep it open as we go. Hold me accountable. It is God's word, and we need to uh, follow it well. And so we will seek to do that this morning. Let me pray. Father, I simply ask that you would take this word, this powerful word, that you would explode it in our hearts, that you would wedge it in our hearts, that we would not be able to get away from it. Lord, continue to preach to me about our need in this passage, as you have already done And may it bless your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Our culture is, you could say, inundated with logos, with symbols. Um, And we're going to show where that uh, comes up in the passage. But we're going to play a little interactive game, just real quick, rapid fire. You're going to see some logos up here. A difficult one. What is this? Got it. Good job. We're rolling. Ooh, a little enemy of the Panthers, yes, and yeah, I think Michael switched that one in there. I had Microsoft, he got that in there. Now, how about this one? And what did it symbolize? Gateway to the West, the pioneer going out West, aspiring athletes, the Olympics, and then? Yes, and we won't keep that one up long because if it's there long, Adam will break into Rocky Top, and that's a secular song, and this needs to be a worship service. So, logos. Jesus made use of symbols and logos. We're we're in the last one of the I am statements. In each one of those I am statements, the gate, the door, the living water, the bread, the light, they were all symbols, logos, if you will, that had a point. This morning, we look at the last one. Jesus says, I am the vine. If you look with me at verse 1, it simply says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So this was, again, not a random symbol that he pulled out. For the Jews, the vine, if we go kind of a historical view through Scripture, from beginning to end, there is a redemptive purpose to the symbol of the vine. God said, The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. You brought a a vine out of Egypt, sang the psalmist. The vine, God loved his people. He cared for his people. But then it goes degenerate. Isaiah says, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? What I looked for it to yield, grapes. Why did it yield wild grapes? Israel failed as being a true vine to be a light for the Gentiles and the vine was burned with fire, the Psalms say as well. If we go all the way again historically to Revelation, the vine will show up there as well. Speaks of a vine and clusters of grapes in the sense of judgment at the end. Even even after biblical times in the 60s and 70s A.D., the Maccabees, you may have heard of the Maccabee Revolt. Um, they, on their coins, we see here a slide of this old, old coin that would have a vine on it as well. 
whoops, that's not the coin. I'm not singing. I just want to see a coin. But there it is, a vine there. Again, Israel took pride in their symbol as the vine. Many a rich person would give gold, hoping that their gold would then show up as a grape or a cluster of grapes along the archway of the holy place. And it is to this sense of pride in this um, logo of Israel, think of themselves, hey, we're the vine, we're the vine. Jesus inserts himself, says, I am the true, the real, the genuine vine. Unlike Israel that has gone degenerate. And Jesus says, he's not a vine, he's the vine. Not like Baal, Chemosh, Dagon, all the mixes of various gods that the Israelites had eclectically brought in. And we can relate to that as well in our culture that will surely say Christianity is not the way. It is a way along with all the other religions and isms and asms and spasms that are out there. Jesus says, no, one true way. All should look. In a sense, we can say all are searching. All are searching for something. Search no further. And Augustine put it this way many centuries ago. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their place in you. And in verse 1, we see that Jesus, though, He's the vine. Also, we get a picture of the Father as the Trinity shows up here. The Father is the vine dresser. And that image, that logo of the vine dresser was very important as well. As we see here a picture, modern day Israel has lots of vines as well. And we see here a picture, each one of these vines in this vineyard individually cared for by the vine dresser. The ground has to be clean. It has to be fertile, level, often put on terraces. The vine dresser comes along to each vine, props it up, weeds around it, trims them back. The vine dresser knows each vine. And you can see your head just sees that passage and it clicks. This is an allegory. Vine dresser, father, father care, God caring for us. We can see the connection here rapidly in this passage. But we see, okay. The vine dresser cares for his people. Jesus is true vine. How, how does God, the vine dresser, care for his people? The next two verses, look with me at verses 2 and 3. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Clearly in that passage, we better be, we must be found in Christ. He is the life source. That that phrase, in me, in Christ, three times in these 11 verses, 150 times in the New Testament. The true Christian is rooted in Christ, rooted in Christ. Now when I think of rooted in a sense of vine, I actually think of my favorite tree, the aspen tree. A grove of aspen trees, which you see often out west, if we could see that picture there. These trees, beautiful, beautiful trees. When the wind goes through and rustles through the leaves, it's just, it's a happy place. It's so peaceful. 
But the reason I show this is those aspen are not individual. They are part of a root system. If we were to look under the ground there, there would be a root system where all that grove of aspen would be connected together. If one of them is severed from the main root, it dies. It must be connected in. So we get that. I must be in Christ. But there was something else in that. It said pruning. So a young vine, if we think of, again, how the caretaker, the vine dresser, takes care of the vine. For three years, the vine is not allowed to produce fruit. It's cut back, cut back, conserve uh, life, conserve energy of the vine. Don't let it produce until it's mature. And then even at the point it's mature, come winter months, it's pruned back at that time as well. There are two branches. There's ones that bear fruit, ones that do not. The branches that don't, drastically cut off. Even the ones that do produce fruit, outgrowths and things are, are, are cut off of them. And you see again, okay, the connection, pruning. So now what does that have to do with me? That's painful. Cutting, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. Can that be varsity? I'll just be JV Christian? Can, or can we have a little anesthesia with that? There is cutting that must take place. Whether directly the Father, for our good, taking something away or allowing, bring about adversity in our lives, that is for our good. Rutherford said this, Grace withers without adversity. The devil is but God's master fencer to teach us to handle our weapons. Even the devil, on a short leash, used by God in his infinite sovereignty to prune, to use for our good. Think about this. If the father got up close, got personal with you, which he does, what area of your life would he say needs pruning? I'd say, well, Father, yes, I've got some anger. i got a little bit of selfishness. Yeah, please, please take those away. I can, I, I like, that makes me look pretty bad in social circles as well. Yeah, you can prune that. And you know what? I like a little discipline about what I eat, what I exercise. You know, the body's the holy temple. I want to look good. You, you can help me with that kind of pruning too. I can, I can take some tweaks. But pruning involves some severe wax. Often involves the big changes. Could be, could be that coworker who comes along and now they're getting all the praise and all the attention and they're not even really doing as much as you. Or it could be an injury that sets you back. Could be a child. There's new parents with those lovely children. That's a radical change. I'd say, well, I'm losing my identity. Losing my identity. No. No. As C.S. Lewis says, when we get away from ourselves and truly find ourselves abiding in Christ, that's the true. That's the restored. That's the right identity. So those first few verses gave us just something to know. Saying this is the way it is. What about something to do? If we look at the slide there of the next verses. Beginning in verse 4, what are we to do? You could probably guess, based on that wonderful song we sang earlier and the passage that Hunter read and the explanation he gave, 
Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. You, I, were branches. We said earlier, as Augustine said, we have this this need, this void, this hole that must be filled by Christ. But there's still a crisis. What's my role? What do I do? I don't want to be the right fielder. I want to be the pitcher. I don't want to be the the VP. I want to be the prez. I don't want to be the associate pastor. I want to be the pastor. (laughs) Funny thing, I, I don't want to be the pastor because I can do what I did to Adam this morning, texted him about 9.30 and said, hey, what are you preaching? Because if, if, if I'm sick, he's got to take it. So anyway, but our culture says we need to find ourselves. Everywhere there's a quest for identity. I'm a feminist. I'm a conservative. I'm a CEO. I'm a vegan. Fill in the blank. What if you had to do that? You know, I just, oh, I know I'm supposed to say I'm a Christian, but I'm a blank. What comes to mind? What comes to mind for you where you find likely your significance? Your significance could be from accomplishments. I broke this record in swim. Set the course record there. I generated this many million in sales. Accomplishments. Or it could be relationships. Name dropping. Oh, I bumped into so-and-so. I'm friends with this person. I'm dating this person. Accomplishments. Relationships. Or it could be stuff. I'm secure because my salary is this. Or I drive this car. Or we're saving this much. The accomplishments, the relationships, the stuff. Or it could be the mistakes. It could be the wounds. It could be the stuff in our past. I'm identified by this failure. And I will never get over it. It will never change. That's not our identity. Jesus gives the identity answer. He says, I'm the vine and I will be cut off for you. And if that's true, if our relationship with Jesus matters most, and it is the main point of the passage, you heard it 11 times, abide, abide, abide. We must abide. But then you say, wait, 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 timing of this sermon? Do you realize this is this is August? What's coming, Mom? School? Children going off to school? Got to get everything ready for school. Maybe somebody's going off to college, at work. Man, everybody's coming back from vacation. Now we got our quotas. Now it's it's crazy. Everything's in overdrive. It's, it's fall's coming. I got to get my yard ready. I got to weed, aerate, seed. And next week, Sunday school. You want me to come to Sunday school? Come on, you're kicking these things. In, in that, you can just tell me to slow down and abide. We must never lose sight of the ultimate goal, abide in Christ. We have a choice. We have a choice. Look at verse 6. If we don't, if we're not active in pursuing, abiding, then we'll be passive and there will be results that will get done 
for us. Cut off, withered, branches gathered, thrown into the fire, burned. We don't want to be passive. We're willing to be active for all kinds of things. Can't lose my job. Can't lose my house. Can't lose my friends. I'm not willing to be passive about those things. Why not for abiding in Christ? J.C. Ryle said, true grace is never idle. When we really get the grace that's given to us in Christ, we want more of it. We want to rest more and more in it and hunger and thirst for it. So that's something to know, something to do, something that results. Look at verses 7 through 11. The, the blessings that just that ooze out of being in relationship and abiding with Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, those benefits, they are just all over. Answered prayers because we're asking what God agrees with, that closeness, that agreement. Experiencing God, the Trinity, his love. Keeping commandments because we want to, not because we have to. The joy. We have a Father who longs to bless us, not to punish us, not to cut us off. This passage, is the picture is such a closeness there in relationship with God. It's like the, that wonderful picture of the husband and wife married for 40, 50 years. She, she starts the sentence and he finishes it because they know they're in relationship. This past week we were with a family with a precious special needs girl and she would say something, would not know what she was saying, but the mom would know she wants water. That closeness and relationship to know what each other wants is pictured here in this abiding with Christ. So we get that something to know, something to do, a result. But go a little further. What, what's our response? You know the big idea is abiding. Definition of abiding. To depend continually on Christ, communing with him through the Holy Spirit, submitting to his will and commands. Good definition. Good theological language. Hopefully helpful. I'm going to go a little bit further. For me, this helped me. Good old-fashioned acronym. Trying to get practical with this for abiding. What can, what's helped me to think through abiding? The A, abiding. There's an always element to abiding in the sense that it's a present tense. This abiding is not, I prayed a prayer when I was young, I'm saved, past tense. If we look in the Bible, faith, believing, abiding, or present tense. John 3.16, most faith. If you believe, present tense, ongoing, believing. It's a process. Abiding is a process. 
not just an event. As Hunter explained, when you have that picture of Joash and Jehoiada, Joash says he abided along with Jehoiada. He was pointed to Christ. When the relationship was severed, he went astray. Abiding is an always present tense, staying close. Many times someone may be struggling with an addiction. And what will happen, and this is a wonderful thing, the care team, one of the somewhat unknown ministries here, and especially the bosses, to give thanks for the, to them for their part in the care team, the years that they were here, somebody might be struggling with an addiction so badly that they are taken into a few times the house of someone so that they abide with that person for accountability, for help, for guardrails, and as they abide, they grow closer and closer to Christ, and it's helpful. Will we be permanent abiders or just tenants who rent once in a while? We must battle through the things that prevent us from residing. And sometimes, sometimes those things are disappointments. Many here today probably feeling loss of some sort. Could be a relationship. Could be a goal. Could be a thing, a car, home, money. But often we need to take that disappointment and distrust the feeling, if you will, and say, that feeling, though real, is not as important or as much as what matters of abiding in Christ. And many, I'm sure, would say, well, that always element of abiding, you're making me feel defeated. I I don't have that. As Hunter had us pray through in the confession, we don't always abide. And we may have fallen quite far away from the vine. And if we're feeling defeated, the answer is not to just pile on the defeat. It's just get reconnected. Don't beat yourself up further. Just get reconnected. So application on the A for always. What is something you're willing to do this week, this week, to spend time with the Lord? What is something you're willing to do to spend time with the Lord? And let's go even a little more practical about that. The B. B is best. Abiding is the best thing now. We often think of heaven... Kind of like a life insurance, but 100% payout at the end, heaven's the best, but nothing until then. No, abiding is the best thing. There are payments, there are returns now along the way. Blessings that we see in the passage, obey my commandments for obedience. And we tend to, rightly so, stay away from the health and wealth gospel. Absolutely, heresy. But there are still blessings for obedience day to day for living and abiding with Christ. Look at John Piper. For over 30 years, he's preached a consistent message of what he calls the Christian hedonism. Enjoy Christ. Abide with Christ because it is the best thing even now. Even now. But wait, what what about the pruning stuff? I I get the blessings. That's the best but pruning, that, that's painful. But it's still best. It's still best. I think of Olga, our dear sister, who moved recently. And the picture of her going through the process 
of moving to get to the end goal. She needed to downsize and get to a different home. But along the way, there was pruning that took place. Maybe as you get in her house, you got to rearrange this furniture here. Okay, I, I can take that. That's not the way I would have done it, but that's, I can take that. But then there's changes of colors and other things that might not really be her preference. A little more pruning, a little more submitting to what she's being told to do. And then there was removal of some stuff, some keepsakes, some things that were important, needed to be purged, needed to be pruned, all for that end goal, what was best to get where she needed to be. The painful pruning is still best. And God's pruning is best now. And when we get to heaven, it shouldn't be a completely different atmosphere instead of this. And what I mean is this. It will be radically thousand percent whatever better but it should be that we are abiding with the one we will see there now who are you we should be abiding with christ and growing and appreciating more and more who we will be with so best be application simply this end of the day monday tuesday end of the day pray Give thanks for something each day that the Lord gives that was the best. And it will require us to think and pray through it. Lord, what was the best thing you gave me? Thank you. Lord, thank you. That will help us to abide. The I, intimacy, closeness, togetherness, longing for that affection, that feeling, that love, that beauty of Christ. To abide Dwell in you, closeness, vitalness. Can't be without you, Jesus. As Americans, we don't want we don't want that dependency. I want to be independent. I want to be on my own. I want self-sufficiency. This dependency, this intimacy will break the sin, the pride of self-sufficiency. Now, for some, abiding might be Somewhat mystical. Man, I I just feel something wonderful, powerful in abiding with Jesus. Good, if that's you. For most, I would guess, it's not that. And that's okay. A simple, constant, regular being with Jesus. Being with Jesus in the vine day to day. My boys recently have developed an addiction to 14ers, Colorado 14ers. So would get them up at 2.50 in the morning, got to get going, get up, get on the road, get to the mountain, and then you get to the top of that thing, and there is a rocky mountain high. The views, this doesn't even touch it. It is, it is amazing. Now they're addicts. I've created monsters. I can't keep up. Wonderful. But... That's not all that abiding is. Abiding is down in the valleys. You had to get there. You got to walk. You got to do this. You got to do this. The simple, basic, humdrum stuff. That's the day-to-day abiding in Christ. And here, I think our our application for this is adoration. And here's where I want to go with that. If you think, if you're married... Often what happens in marriages is we take our spouse, for, ex- 
for, uh, for granted. And one of the best things that happens is when one of them says, Lord, show me something special about what you've given me in my wife, in my husband. And then you adore that. And it brings out a greater love and an, an intimacy and closeness because you now have that adoration. Do we not do the same thing with God? Are we not so often like that tenant, like, not, uh, well, not, not the teen- teenager, no, uh, no, not indicting anyone, when, like I was growing up, just at home, hey, feed me, take care of me, da 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 just, do we not do that with God? This is his world, his creation, he loves us, he cares for us, we, we've got to adore him for that, we've got to adore who he is, and just to be very specific here, to bring out this different level in the Acts prayer, you know, the ACTS, Adoration is different than thanksgiving. Adoration, I praise you because blank. You are blank. Thanksgiving, good. We are talking about it. I adore you, Jesus, because you are. And fill it in there. Do that this week, please, in order to bring out the abiding. The D, discipline. You've heard me say before, there's two types of people. There's the A type and the people who need to be converted to A type. But no, not really. That's not what this is about. The discipline here is this. And I said this once before too. We need to know about Jesus. Yeah, but I just want to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, you've got to know about Jesus. We need to be disciplined to know about Jesus in order to know him. Get a Bible reading plan, okay? If you want to do a, read through the Bible in a year, great. I'm not being that legalistic to say that. One of my daughters came home from camp and they challenged her, read three chapters a day. Read three chapters a day. She's doing it and it's blessing her. Get a Bible reading plan so you can know about Jesus. It could be One chapter a day. It could be read through the Bible in a year. It could be read in the book of Genesis until something hits me and I stop and I pray and I meditate. Some plan. You can be creative amidst being disciplined. Know about Jesus through his word. We need to be disciplined to devote ourselves, not to just sit there and to be passive and for some, maybe, maybe your, your, your di- uh, discipline is this. You, you haven't been to church in a long time. I'm going to come regularly. I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to do that Bible plan. Something disciplined, end goal, closeness, abiding with Jesus. Finally, E, evident. Your relationship with the living Christ is absolutely personal, but it is not just private does not work that way think about these statements these are what are called self-supporting statements i feel sick okay i'll trust you on that i don't like brussels sprouts you just ate a plate full of them but i don't like them okay well i'll trust you on that i believe in jesus self-supporting statement Jesus said, 
in this passage, be objective. Not so that you can judge, condemn someone else, but for their benefit, be objective. How did he say be objective? What did he say to look for? What's the word? You tell me. What's on the tree if it's healthy? Fruit. Look for the fruit eight times. Look for fruit. It's an objective. Does that mean, is that what their salvation is based on? No, this is to help them. This is to help me. If you don't see the fruit in me, if I don't see the application, ask a brother or sister, what of my fruit is stale? What of my fruit looks bitter? I speak the truth. I speak the truth. Yeah, but you, you, you shred somebody when you do that. You tear them apart. The Bible says speak the truth in love. Your fruit of speaking the truth needs some love, needs to experience the grace of abiding in Christ, the grace that Christ has given to you. Our fruit should be evident to others. Again, I hope you got that. The fruit isn't what saves us, but we should see it. If you don't see it, help your brother or sister lovingly. This is Jesus giving it to us in the passage. Conclusion. We're supposed to start with the why. It's a common statement. Corporate circles start with the why. I'm going to finish with the why. Jesus started with the why. I'm going to finish with the why. What do I mean? Look at the end of chapter 14. The very end. The last words there. Egeresta agamen entusten. Okay. Fancy Greek, huh? You know why I said that? Because to me, it sounds elven. And my favorite elf is Legolas. And Legolas was always ready for a battle. Let's go. Let's get him. Go for the battle. That phrase in Greek, that in our English, rise, let us go from here. Rise, let us go from here meant get up, we go to battle. He was telling the disciples, we're getting up. We are now going to battle. And because of that, you better abide in me. Because brothers and sisters, yeah, holy huddle, this is good. The holy huddle part of church is good. And we never make fun of that. But then the church goes out. The church goes out. And fruit needs to be evident because we're abiding in Christ so that others will be drawn into the vine. So the youth, as you go to school, arise, let us go. You go to battle, and you better be abiding in Christ. College student, you better abide in Christ. Neighbors, for our sake of our neighbors, we better abide in Christ. For our jobs, for our work, for the benefit of others, arise, let us go. And as we do, abide in Christ. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, you are good. You care for us individually as each of those vines we saw. You love us. And you love us 
corporately as even this church of the Redeemer that we might go forth, that we might bear fruit, that those few, many, might hopefully see the fruit, might hopefully be pointed to Christ, that you would receive glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. If you're able, please.